Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you will help us, O oh God, so that your word does what you intend. It will bless us, Heavenly Father. It will challenge us. It will illuminate our paths. It will break burdens and lift yokes. And more, Heavenly Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And um, we've been on a series uh, which I started last week Sunday, um, Pastor Badge um, preached about a believing heart. How many were blessed by that message? Amen. Um, and, and it's really about the heart that we've been talking about. The Sunday before that, I talked about avoiding a fatal heart attack. And I, I basically, the thrust of that message was to make us understand that the heart is the center of who we are and what we do. Proverbs 4 verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Uh, the Passion Translation would say, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being for from there flows the wellspring of life. And we understood that when the Bible talks about the heart in that sense, it's not talking about our physical heart, uh, that muscle that causes blood to be pumped around your body, but it's talking about our spiritual heart, our innermost being, our inner man, um, the, the, the central processing system of who a person is, the place of the mind, the will, and the emotions, the place where life decisions are made. Now, we understood that if the enemy wants to attack a person, he just has to attack that person's heart. And if he can attack the heart, if he can um, sow wrong seeds into the heart, if he, can, uh, if he can corrupt the heart, if he can adulterate the, 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 the things of the heart, that invariably he will affect the life of that person. That's why the Bible encourages us to guard our heart. Uh, that place within us where our, our decisions are made, where our emotions, our will sits, that we guard that with all diligence. We also understood that when God looks at a person, he doesn't look at the outward, he looks at the heart. He says so himself, that man looks at the outward, man looks out, uh, at the outward, but he looks at the heart. And so, We've got to guard our hearts, protect our hearts. Because if something goes wrong with our hearts, just like in the natural, if something goes wrong with a person's heart, there are challenges. In the same way, in a spiritual sense, if something goes wrong with that inner person, that, that, that heart that we have, then we have challenges. And we looked at certain symptoms that should concern us um, and should make us take a closer look at our hearts. Uh, symptoms like anxiety and worry. Sym symptoms like uh, the loss of a desire to serve God. Uh, symptoms like struggling with spiritual disciplines of prayer, Bible study, the worship of God. Uh, symptoms like an absence of joy. Symptoms like a lack of contentment. Uh, symptoms where we are struggling to obey the word of God, that all these things point towards something not being quite right uh, with the heart. And then we looked through the Bible and saw how the Bible has actually labeled certain kinds of hearts. Uh, the Bible talks about a deceitful heart. It talks about a hard heart. It talks about a proud heart. It talks about an unbelieving heart. It talks about a cold heart. It also talks about an unclean heart. And then wanted to go on today, continuing talking about the heart, how we must understand that fundamentally the human heart, this heart we're talking about, 
is fundamentally flawed, fundamentally faulty. It's almost like being born with a heart condition. And we are born with a heart condition, not a physical heart. By God's grace, our, our physical hearts are, are okay by God's grace. But we are born with a heart condition spiritually. The prophet Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Jeremiah says it's just the way it is. The human heart, that, that innermost being, that, that, that central processing unit that everybody has, is fundamentally faulty. It's naturally deceitful. It's, it has a propensity to wickedness. And who really knows how bad it is? Uh, uh, Solomon in Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter and the third verse, he says this, Truly all the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil. Madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. Now Solomon had observed a lot, and he thought, this can only be the outworking of, a, of madness in a person's heart. And I'm sure we've all been there at one time or the other, where we've seen an expression and we've said, this is insanity. It is madness. Now that is the extent of how dysfunctional the human heart can get. But fundamentally, it is flawed, the human heart. Um, yeah, when Paul is writing to the church in, in Ephesus, in just helping us understand how this human heart is, he says this. He says, in cautioning us, don't live like unbelievers who walk in empty delusions. Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. Because of spiritual apathy, they surrender their lives to lewdness, impurity, and sexual obsession. It's a challenge with the human heart. It's just fundamentally flawed. And when it is not related to God, submitted to God, it progressively can only get worse. It can get harder, more obstinate, more stubborn, more corrupt, more deceitful. It just progressively gets worse. But then God has always had a plan, knowing that this was the case. And this, God's plan is simply heart surgery. And if you wanted a title for today's message, that's the title. It's simply heart surgery. The heart is in a bad state, so I have to perform surgery to correct the state of the heart. The prophet Ezekiel prophesies the coming of this surgery. Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, verses 26 and 27. And this will be a sort of foundational text for us um, over the next few weeks as we grapple with this heart surgery. Ezekiel 36 verses 26 and 27. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Now this is God speaking through the prophet saying, I will do a heart surgery on you. Your heart is hardened. So I will take out that heart of stone. And the heart of stone is a graphic picture of a heart that's not submitted to God, not yielded to God, is, is a heart that is stubborn, obstinate, and all the many other things that we have described. And it can be very, it can be stubborn, obstinate, and not yielded in a subtle way. But the heart is just not submitted to God. And he says, I will then give you a heart of flesh. A heart of flesh speaks about a heart that vibrates at God's frequency. A heart that is attuned to God, yielded to God, uh, yearning to do what God 
would have that hard doing. And God spoke this word into, into the nation of Israel at a time when the nation of Israel was obstinate, was difficult, uh, was disobedient to God. But it was a word that did not start to find its fulfillment until the New Testament. And it started to find its fulfillment. This surgery started to take place with the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I want us to go to the start of this surgery that started to take place. Foundational, what I want to say today, but it's necessary to build the foundation for where we are going. If you turn in your Bibles to John the third chapter, John the third chapter, arguably the most important conversation that took place for us as Christians, we're about to look at. The Bible says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Very intellectual, educated man high status in society, one of the religious rulers. He couldn't come to Jesus during the daytime because to do so, to be associated with Jesus, was not good for his, cred, his street cred. And so at night, having been tormented by questions and having seen certain things that Jesus had done that fueled the questions in his mind, if someone can do these things... Someone can work this miracle. Someone can be used in this manner. Then surely God has to be with that person. But then his sect, his, his position, those within his community told him that that person was an imposter. And so at night he decides to go and find out himself. And he sneaks in to see Jesus. And he tells Jesus, you, you, just, you must be a teacher from God. The signs are there. You can't do all these things you're doing if the anointing of God was not on you. Now you would imagine that Jesus would answer that question. But Jesus totally ignores the question because this encounter had been set up from before the foundations of the earth to lay before you and I certain foundational, certain eternal truths. So Jesus answers him. But Jesus' Jesus's answer is strange. It doesn't answer the question. He goes straight to the point in saying what he wants to say. Most assuredly, I say to you, he says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, he, 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 Jesus answers him. Not the question he asks, but the answer that he wants to put before you and I as a foundation to everything that we do in the kingdom of God. He says to him, most assuredly, it's a way of, it's a, it's, it's a phrase that is a phrase of emphasis. It's almost like saying, listen to what I'm saying. Take Pay attention to what I'm saying. This is very important. I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He can't understand the revelations that, that, that are kingdom revelations. He can't perceive the things of the kingdom unless he's born again. And you can't blame Nicodemus. If you were there, I was there, our response will be the same. But how, what exactly are you saying? How is it possible to be born again? You're only born once. We all have been born once. Uh, what is this thing about being born again? And then Jesus answers him. He says again, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is the flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. 
He answers Nicodemus's question. How can a man be born again? I'm an old man, Nicodemus would have been saying to him. How can I be born again? And Jesus says to him, no, I'm not talking about a natural birth. I'm not, I'm not talking about you being born again naturally. However, I am talking about being born again. I'm talking about you being born again spiritually by the Spirit and by water. And they've told us that by water is symbolic for being born by the Word of God, according to the Word of God, and by the Spirit. So he says to him, I'm not talking about a natural birth. I'm not talking about flesh giving birth to flesh. I'm talking about the Spirit giving birth. I'm talking about a new uh, being born again from above by the Spirit of God. He says, that which is born of the flesh is the flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. And in saying this, he lays the foundation for this heart surgery. He's saying that to, uh, for me to perform this heart surgery, to change your heart, for me to come in and do a work in your inner man, you must first lay the foundation. And the foundation is that you are born again by the Spirit. You know, I found this somewhere and it really struck home. If a nation passed a law that said no one could live there except those who were born in that nation, and someone wanted to live there who was not born there, it wouldn't matter if he took a name that was common in that nation. No, it doesn't matter. The law is that you have to be born in the nation to be able to live in the nation. So the fact that many people in the nation are called Anthony and you take the name Anthony doesn't matter. The law is that you have to be born in the nation to live in the nation, to be a, a, a citizen of that nation. It wouldn't matter if he observed some of the customs of the nation. It has nothing to do with customs. The law is that you have to be born in that nation. It wouldn't matter if you dressed like the people in the nation. You can dress anyhow you like. And you can, I'm sure you can see how we apply this to church. You can speak the, the, the Christianese language. It doesn't mean that you're part of the kingdom. You can observe some of the customs. It doesn't mean that you're part of the kingdom. You can dress in a certain way. It doesn't mean that you're part of the kingdom. You can, you can observe some religious traditions. It doesn't mean that you are part of the kingdom. You can say, my parents are part of the kingdom. That doesn't mean that you're a part of the kingdom. Because to be a part of it, you must be born in that kingdom. Born in that nation. And it's the same way. You have to be born again by the Spirit of God to be able to definitely say, I am a citizen of this kingdom. Now that tells us very clearly that this heart surgery, this work that God wants to do with our heart, is not about a moral or religious reform. You know, a lot of people think that we can get people to be morally upright to an extent, and that can solve the world's problems. No, it's not about a moral reform or a religious reform. It's not about an enlightened understanding that, that people can then, the, the world becomes a better place because we have more people who are enlightened. It's not about becoming good. You know, my, my father and I, father is an intellectual, he's a professor. Um, and very intellectual. And in our faith discussions, one of the stumbling blocks for him has always been this issue of, of being good. Because he just couldn't understand that I was saying to him his goodness. And my father counts himself as a good man and in the sense that he's helped people, you know, he does a lot of philanthropy and stuff like that. He just couldn't understand that this, I'm saying this goodness does not count with regards to entering the kingdom of God. He just could not understand that. And I remember he would say to me that I'm going to be surprised on that day. That because when we all get to the gate, they are going to call him 
Because they will see him and remember the good things he has done. And that I shouldn't be surprised if he's the one welcoming me in there. Because he just said, you know, how can somebody do such good things? And, 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 and you're saying it doesn't count. I said, no, no, no. It counts here on earth. People will thank you. And, you know, the accolades will come your way. You've done well. I said, but for the kingdom of God, and this is not anybody saying, Jesus himself is saying concerning the matter of the kingdom, the entrance into the kingdom is that you have to be born again. There's no other condition but being born again. And it's not a Pentecostal thing. You know, Pentecostals have almost made being born again their own. It's a kingdom thing. So whether you're Catholic or Baptist or Methodist or Anglican or Presbyterian or whatever you are, the, the condition is that you must be born again. We might choose to express our worship of God differently. We might like different songs. We might jump around a bit more in church while some might not jump around at all or even move. But that's not the yardstick. Some speak in tongues, some don't. That's not the yardstick. The yardstick is that you are born again. It's not about putting away some bad behavior, putting away some vices, becoming a better person. It's about being born again. It's about a new life. It's about a regeneration, a new birth, a rebirth, about becoming a new creation. And it's a work that cannot be done by man. That's why the Bible makes clear that it is the spirit that gives birth. We are born of water, the word, and the spirit. And that is foundational. There is no heart surgery that is taking place until a person has crossed that, that first hurdle where a person has become born again, born by the spirit. I remember talking to someone about being born again, trying to minister to the person. And I kept saying, you know, you've really got to be born again. You've really got to be born again. That's what it's about. After a while, the person said, I'm just tired of you and your lot with this born again, born again, born again. What is born again? I said, okay, forget born again. I said, you have to give your life to Christ. You have to embrace a new life. You have to accept a new creation. You have to be regenerated. In my mind, I thought, whatever term you call it, you just have to be born anew. You have to be born of the Spirit of God. There's no other yardstick. That is the key into the kingdom. Jesus says, you can't see, perceive the kingdom except you are born again. These are not my words. These are Jesus' words. He says, you can't enter the kingdom except you are born again. And it is a work entirely of the Spirit of God. That's why what we need today, what you probably need in your family, what you need with your friends, is a move of the Spirit of God. It's not by persuasion. It's not by winning arguments. It is by the Spirit of God convicting people and causing them to yield their lives so that they can be born again spiritually into the kingdom of God. Only then can the heart surgery that we so desperately want commence. Can someone say amen? amen. So our cry is come Holy Spirit. Come and do this foundational work. Do it in our own lives. Do it in the lives of our loved ones. Now it's foundational because that's just the beginning of the work. And part of what we're going to go into is how the work commences, progresses from there. 
but it surely has to start there. That the Spirit of God convicts a person in their heart, comes into a person's heart, comes into a family, and the family start to come to know God one by one. It's my personal experience in our family. One person is touched by the Spirit of God and the family starts to come to know God one by one. But there has to be a move of the Spirit of God. The revival we desperately want has to come because the Spirit of God moves and people become born again, not in their tens or their hundreds or their thousands or their tens of thousands, but their hundreds of thousands and millions. It's not a, we're not asking for a moral reformation. No, 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 no. We're asking for a spiritual regeneration of the souls of men. Can someone say amen to that? And so I believe God with you that this season there'll be a move of the Spirit of God. Uh, Some of us, yes, we've taken that first step, but our hearts have grown cold. We've kind of drifted away. The enemy is luring us into a cycle of religion. We need the Spirit of God to come to remove the cobwebs from our hearts. We need the Spirit of God to come into our homes, our families, our schools. Frankly, we need the Spirit of God to break out. How many say amen to that? Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you. Holy Spirit, please come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of the living God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Go on, open up your hearts and receive the Spirit of God.
This is for people who haven't given their lives to Christ. But God is awakening the stony and cold heart to feel the urge to pray in the night again. To feel the stirring to pray in the morning again. I heard the spirit of the Lord say that he's touching the unsaved people in your family. There's a mother specifically. You could be in the room, you're watching online. Your son, you've been praying about the life of your son. God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save him and I'm going to rescue him. As we were worshipping, what our worship does is that God responds to us. When we worship him in the spirit response sweet Holy Spirit sweet Holy Spirit help us More than 
I want to touch you I want you close to me I'm ready to touch you I am not far from you I'm ready to touch you I'll give you a new heart I'll give you new strength I will heal you. I'll deliver you from your enemies. I will heal you. I will revive you. Yes, I will revive you. I will endow you with power. (laughs) Open your heart to me. I am the Lord I am the Lord Holy Father We worship Precious Jesus Our
prostrate before your throne there's no one like you heavenly father we bless you O God we bless your holy name father so we come we bow at your footstool O God Thank you, Heavenly Father. We bless you. We bless you. So I want to make a physical altar call. I don't think we've done this since COVID, but I feel the Lord would have me do this. And this isn't an altar call to salvation yet, but it's an altar call to people who know in their hearts that they haven't been following him like they should. Might just be one person this is for. I get the sense that God just wants you to come before his altar. You're coming back home. If you're that person, just come. You're coming back home. You haven't been following him like you should. You know where you were. You know where you started. It might just be you, that one person I'm coming to pray for. Just come. Come back home. Come back home. I don't know what caused you to move away from him, but he's, he's, he's calling his children back home. So come back home from wherever you are. And if you're here physically, then come forward. Come forward. Come forward if you're here physically. Come back home. Come back home. And if you're online, if you if you type it into the chats, come back home. Come back home. There's still few people. You know, God is saying, you know how we started. You know the plans I had for you. But maybe life circumstances had caused you to go astray. Maybe to even just slow down. And God is saying, it's, it's, it's time to get back on track for where I want to take you, what I want to do with you. So just come back home. Thank you, Lord. Come, come, the Lord himself. Not a man that is calling you, it's the Lord that is calling you. Come, 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 come. There are still more people. The Lord is saying, come back home. Daughter, come back home. Son, come back home. Come, come, come. Still, still more people. I know that. Come, 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 come. If you're up front, just take a step forward, please. Just take a step forward. Come, come, come. More people, come. Come, come. And, and, and there's particularly some people here who have been wounded by life circumstances and there's almost an anger in your heart against God and you might be online you kind of feel let down by God God wants to sort that out once and for all this afternoon so please come don't miss this opportunity 
It's not a man calling you, it's God calling you to himself. Um, like the prodigal son, he's waiting, come, 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 come. It's not a man calling you, it's God calling you to himself. Come, hallelujah. Please, I'd, I'd like a ministry team because I want us to pray one-on-one with, with, with brothers and sisters. So I'd like a ministry team, please, please, quickly, quickly. I know this isn't part of the service, so I need help. I'd like a ministry team. We want to pray one-on-one, 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 one-on-one. And this is a significant moment. I didn't do this in the first service. So just flowing with what God is doing. Like a ministry team, please, one-on-one. One-on-one. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. All the deacons, deaconesses in the house. One-on-one, please. One-on-one. If we can just pray one-on-one. We're just in agreement with what God is doing. We're in agreement with what God is doing. Come, I... In agreement with what God is doing. In agreement with what God is doing. God, please, can we, can we pray? In agreement with what God is doing. And for those of you who are online, I'm praying with you now. Um, you're, you're, you're coming back home. And I'm praying with you. I'm praying that the Lord will heal the wounds as he's doing now. I'm praying that the Lord will take the pain away. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, so many of your children all over the world that are not here physically, as we pray for your children physically, we pray for them, Heavenly Father. Oh, Lord, you are calling them back, back home. You're, you're asking them to come back to you. You're asking them to come back to the plans and purposes that you have for them. Father, I come against every resistance to what you're doing. I, I break that chain that has held them back in the name of Jesus. As we just release your spirit, Heavenly Father, we say, Spirit, please break out. Break out. Break out, Holy Spirit. Break out, Holy Spirit. Break out in this place. Break out online, Spirit of the Living God. Oh, we thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. What only you can do. What only you can do. What only you can do. Joseph. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you, you, O God. Holy Spirit, break out, Spirit of the living God. Oh, we bless you. Thank you for a restorative work. Thank you for restoration, Spirit of the living God. Oh, we bless you. Thank you for restoration, Holy Spirit. Restoration, Holy Spirit. I declare a new day and a new dawn in the lives of your children. Those of you who are online, I declare a new day and a new dawn in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, O God. Oh, we honor you, O God. Thank you, Father. Oh, we bless you, O God. 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 Father, we give you praise. We thank you, O God. Oh, we bless you. Father, that the foundation might be correct for what you're planning to build. Father, we declare that this is a restoration of foundation. To all those of you online, I, I speak a restoration of foundations to you in the name of Lord. The Lord is restoring foundations. Faulty foundations are being restored. Faulty foundations are being restored. 
Oh, we bless you. Faulty foundations, wounds in the heart being healed. We thank you, Lord. If you've been prayed for, you can go back to your seats. If you've been prayed for, you can go back to your seats. And I'm sure that the hosts are also joining me to pray for those online. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you. Oh, we bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you. Father, we honor you. We honor you, O God. We honor you, O God. Holy Spirit, break out. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. We bless you, O God. We bless you, God. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Yes, we bless you. Yes, Holy Spirit. A new day and a new dawn. I prophesy it into your life. A new beginning. I prophesy it into your life. Oh, we bless you. We bless you, God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, we honor you. Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you. Oh, we honor you. Thank you, Lord. And the second call I wanted to make, and, and you don't have to come out for this. Jesus said, said very clearly, you cannot see the kingdom of God except you are born again. He also said, you cannot enter the kingdom of God except you are born again. This isn't man speaking, this was Jesus speaking. And so there might be someone here, you are not yet born again. You haven't been born anew. You haven't invited him to be Lord and Savior of your life. Uh, you might be online. Jesus himself said, there's no other way but for you to be born by his Spirit. And so, if you're in here or you're online, you want to take that step. Uh, the, the choice is yours. He's done his part. Now you just have to invite him into your heart. If you would say this prayer with me, as you do so. Go on, where, if you're in here, you're online, just say this prayer with me and mean every word. Say, Heavenly Father, I invite you into my heart to come and be my Lord and Savior. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I commit myself to following you and living a life that will please you. Today, I turn away from anything that I know that I am doing that is not pleasing you. I thank you for welcoming me into your family. By my prayer and my confession, I declare that I am now born again into your family and into your kingdom in Jesus name and together we say Amen Amen go and celebrate the new members of our family Hallelujah Amen and for those of you who came out I, 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 I prophesy into your life a new beginning in the name of Jesus for those of you who, who joined that prayer online I declare uh, your season of restoration has started and, and, and it's new beginnings for you in Jesus' name.